0: Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. All of our guests that are here this morning, I connect my remarks with Brother Spencer, this morning, and thank you so much for being here on this Sunday morning. Amen. It's Pentecost Sunday, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about what that means, and I'm going to share a few things with you, some very exciting things that the Lord is doing. I um, attempted to go to bed early last night, and I wasn't successful with that. I I went to bed early and ended up having to get up Um, and um, I was going to rest in a little bit this morning and uh, my phone started blowing up real early this morning. All good things that the Lord is doing and so we're very, very excited about what the Lord is doing and um, wow, there's no place I would rather be than in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. For those of you that have been coming on Wednesday night know that I started a series of teaching on Wednesday night, a little plug for Wednesday, our uh, Wednesday evening Bible study. I started in the book of Acts, and we're going verse by first, expository style preaching or teaching uh, through the book of Acts. We're in Acts chapter 1, and um, I don't know, I got over, how far did I get, verse 15 or 16, two lessons, that's how far I've gotten, so uh, we've been moving slowly through. But I want to take your attention to the book of Acts this morning, to Acts the second chapter. We haven't gotten there yet um, in our teaching, but I'm going to uh, take your attention there this morning because it is appropriate to do so. Of course, Acts is the birth of the church. You find the church, uh, the starting of the church, the first gathering of the church, uh, all in the book of Acts. And um, we have been looking at... All the things that Jesus both taught and the things that he did. And we've been looking at those on Wednesday night. So a little plug, if you enjoy Bible teaching, come on Wednesday night. and We're going to discover some things happening in the book of Acts. Today, Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. I'm going to read a, read a little lengthily today, so uh, bear with me if you would. If you'd like to follow along. Uh, feel free to do so. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to begin with verse number 1. And, of course, today we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about what that is 50 days after Easter. And uh, I'm going to talk about some of the meaning of that and what it means to us today. And what God is doing on this day around the world. Amen. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Everybody say that's today. They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Drop with me down to verse 14, uh, just for time's sake, I'm not going to read it. All the verses here. Um, we'll cover those on Wednesdays coming up. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, verse 14, and said unto them, You men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words, for these are not drunk, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. Everybody say, This is that. Which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. By the way, we are living in those days. Verse number 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what must, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you, I'm glad it came to me, To your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm glad Pentecost is still happening today. As long as the Lord is still calling people to repentance, the Holy Ghost is going to continue to be poured out. Amen. God, we need you today. Speak to our hearts, our minds. Deal with our spirits today, O Lord. Do the work that you intend to do. If there be one in the house today that has never been filled with the Holy Ghost, I pray you do so today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to somebody next to you and tell them, Welcome to Pentecost, and you can be seated. Now I'm speaking of no denomination today. As a matter of fact, I, I kind of reject denominationalism. Um People often, I know we, we segregate ourselves into all sorts of different groups, call ourselves different things. Um, I'm not preaching for, a, denom- for a, a denomination this morning, and I reject denominationalism in that uh, I believe that the church ought to just be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we are. We are we must be a Bible based Bible believing truth preaching church that is based out of the scripture. And I, I wanna I want to be very clear at the onset because Pentecost is and never was intended to be a denomination. Yet it's often spoken of as denomination, but as a matter of fact, Pentecost in its inception was never a denomination. It, 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 in the church world, is referred to more of a Pentecostal experience, in that Pentecost is to be experienced. But Pentecost actually was a holiday. It was, it was a religious holiday brought um, the word Pentecost in of itself, is a Greek word, and it simply means the 50th part of something. Uh, it was Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost was um, a religious holiday that uh, was signifying 50 days after the Passover, 50 days after Easter. And among the Jews, it was applied to one of their great feasts, which began at the that 50th day after the Passover, and it was also uh, a harvest festival and was accordingly called the Feast of Harvests. And so when you speak of Pentecost, it was the Feast of Harvest. I actually, when I was reading through uh, in preparation for today, I found it interesting that the Feast of Harvest and Pentecost was one of the same. Uh, Pentecost ought to always reap a harvest. Well, I'll leave that there. And it was for this reason that two loaves of new meal were offered on this occasion as a first fruits. Now, there were a lot of festivals and festivities that took place at these early feasts. The Feast of Pentecost was no no different from all the rest. If you ever wonder why... When you go to church, it always got to be connected with hot dogs and food. Well, that's kind of how the church was started. It was feast time. Um, I don't know about you, but I kind of go for one right now maybe. I, I, I skipped over dinner last night. I, I, I may be a little shorter preaching today than what I thought I was going to be. When I start thinking about that. There was a reason to celebrate. At Pentecost, there was a reason to celebrate because God had delivered His people out of the bondage of Egypt and He had supplied their needs and He had kept them. But there is something that's, that we all must consider about the Feast of Pentecost because up to this point, the Feast of Pentecost last, uh, lacked any eternal significance. As a matter of fact, Pentecost uh, was... It was It was a time of celebration. It was a time time to rejoice about what God had done in times past. Uh, It was a a day designed for celebration. And people would come. uh, And when they left, there was not much change. Uh, My family talked about having a, a family reunion maybe uh, this late this summer, and I uh, don't know if that's going to happen, but they were discussing possibly uh, having some sort of family reunion and getting together, and that's that's kind of, uh, you know, we, we all get together and meet one another and talk about the way it used to be and eat a lot of food, and uh, when we leave, we don't really leave any different than the way we, we came. Uh, we, we don't really connect any more than what we did since the last family reunion. You know, we said we were going to, and we talk about how, how horrible it is, and when the family gets together at funerals, we always say the same thing. We've got to get together at other points other than just. Now, I know all of you good sanctimonious people that are in the house today don't have these issues, but when we go to family reunions, we get together and talk about how we just don't talk as much as we ought to. We need to call one another more. We need to talk more. We need to connect more. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. Matter of fact, let's connect on Facebook right now. And we do. And the next family reunion, we talk about how we intended. So it's over and over again. It's kind of that's, the Feast of Pentecost was probably something of this sort. They brought their first fruits. They, uh, they, they offered a ritualistic sacrifice of thanksgiving. Uh, They they rejoiced in, 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 in being together. But when they left Pentecost, they went back home to their same old lives. They went back to their same problems, to the same issues, to the same troubles and same struggles. But now, in the account in scripture that we read about this morning, this particular year, as they gathered for the Feast of Pentecost, the mood now is quite different in the city of Jerusalem than it had ever been before. Maybe it was because just a few weeks before, that Jesus had been crucified. And by many infallible proofs, he had shown himself over and over again for a period of 40 days. Jesus was seen in the streets and had talked with the disciples and had met with people. And he, Now the whole environment of Jerusalem at this Pentecost seemed to be different. Jesus had been crucified. Claims that he had resurrected and stories that the grave and tomb was empty had now changed the whole atmosphere where people are skeptical and others are believing strongly. There were those who were buying into the story of the claim that he was seen in the streets of the city only a few days before. And then there were those who claimed that they saw him Ascend up into heaven in a cloud. And as he departed there were angels that appeared. Come on Wednesday night crowd. There were two angels that appeared unto the apostles that saw him go into heaven. And they said, ye men of Judea, why stand ye gazing? That same Jesus that you saw ascend into heaven is going to come again. Jesus, just before he departed, as he's getting ready to ascend into heaven, says, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send in just a few days. I'm going to send the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. These men start looking around, and these two angels speak to them and tell them, you got to go from here and receive the promise that Jesus just moments before had told you: "Don't leave Jerusalem. Tarry in Jerusalem until you be filled with power from on high." Now they go and gather. It was about a hundred and twenty. The scripture said that gathered in the upper room and and and. There's this promise that they don't really know what it is other than there is a promise that Jesus was going to come. And the kingdom that we talked about on Wednesday night was they had figured out the kingdom was not of this world. It was a kingdom of heaven. And they're like, Lord, are you going to set up your kingdom at this time? And he's like, it's not for you to know. It's not even about the kingdom of this world. There is a kingdom of heaven that I'm here for. I want you to go and tarry in the upper room and uh, go, go tarry in Jerusalem. And so they went into the upper room and the scripture says in the first chapter of the book of Acts that they gathered there and they were in prayer and supplication. In other words, they were in prayer and petition before the Lord. They were asking God specifically. All the things that they were asking God for is not real clear in Scripture, but they were in prayer and supplication. They were seeking God and asking God to do something amazing. They they were gathered in a small upstairs apartment building in the middle of Jerusalem, referred to as the upper room. They, They had a prayer meeting going on. 120 people didn't show up for family reunions that were that were gathering at the Feast of Pentecost. People are like, hey, where's old Peter? Where's John? Well, he's with those 120 down there, and they're having some kind of prayer meeting. Where are they doing that at? Well, you know, that's down there. It's near Martha's house over in. little upstairs apartment building over there. Probably not much going to happen there. It was noised abroad that they were there. And then something began to happen. The scripture clearly states it was noised abroad, meaning that, that it was the gossip of town. People were catching on. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ had changed the conversation of Pentecost. They Instead of now talking about we need to connect on social media, they're now talking about what's going on in that upper room. And on the final day of the feast, when the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2 starts out, says when the day of Pentecost was fully come. In other words, on the final day of the feast, something happened that had never Happened before Pentecost was about to become more Than just another feast day It was more than just another family reunion Pentecost was about to become A moment of very powerful experience In the life of 120 believers For many, Pentecost was about to become a day of change. It did not stop there. The Bible said, and suddenly, in Acts chapter 2, verse number 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set up on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Up to this point, Pentecost was just a celebration with no significant eternal difference. But now, Pentecost has ushered in the power of God to change a life. Lives are now literally being transformed by this new experience at Pentecost that was happening on this feast day. People began to question. They began to talk about it. They started saying, how is it we see these men from where they are, but they are speaking in a language from which they are not from. They began to talk about it. Perhaps they're drunk. Perhaps they've lost their mind. Perhaps they're crazy. Perhaps, I don't know, I don't see the real need for all this. Peter stood up. With the eleven lifted up his voice and said, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose. Seeing it's only the third hour of the day, it's still morning. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he goes on to declare what the the prophecy of Joel was. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God. I will pour out my spirit. Upon all flesh. And he goes on to preach to them. They stand up and say, they're they're, they're affected by what they're being told. There's 120 now that has been impacted and been changed. They did not know. There was no, you see, on the first Pentecost, how would anybody know? There's no experience like this that had ever happened before. This is why people become critical of things that they're not aware of. Things they don't know about, they become critical of. Well, this is not for me. I've had people tell me more than once, the Holy Ghost stopped and ended on the day of Pentecost. Well, the scripture said that the promise is to you, to your children, and to all that are afar off. To even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And the scripture said that he is calling men everywhere to repentance. So as long as God is still calling people, God is still baptizing people with the Holy Ghost. And on top of that, don't tell me the Holy Ghost is not real for I experienced the Holy Ghost for the very first time when I was seven years old. The seven years old, I received the Holy Ghost for the first time. But that wasn't the only time. But I have had many 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 experiences over and over and over and over again when the power of the Holy Ghost came and set up on me and I became overwhelmed by the presence of God and out of my innermost being I began to speak in a language my spirit was communicating with heaven at a level that English would not do I began to let the things that are on the inside of my heart begin to speak to God I don't know what language I was speaking but it flowed out of me and it flowed easily. It wasn't something that I made up. It wasn't something that I was taught. It wasn't something that somebody told me this is how it's going to happen. It began to flow out of me and I began to speak in another language as the spirit that is within me began to communicate with God and we began to fellowship in a language that was not my own. Why did God choose a language that was, not, that was not their own? Some things I really don't have answers for. But I can tell you this much. It could have been, he said, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the way you're going to know you're filled with the Holy Ghost is that you're going to stand on your head and you're going to look like a pogo going down the middle aisle. But it would be a little tough on the neck. He could have chosen anything he wanted to, but he chose what the Scripture said is the most unruly member of the body. The tongue, and he said, when the tongue is surrendered, because in order to receive the Holy Ghost, you have to surrender everything you have to have faith to believe that God can do it and you have to surrender everything I surrender my will, I surrender my pride, I no longer care who is around me, who's listening to me who's watching me, who thinks something about me, all that matters is that I'm pleasing God and between me and heaven I am communicating with him and when that Holy Ghost begins to flow through you out of you and over you, you've got to let it flow, I don't know maybe that's why, because it was the unruly Remember that you cannot tame. But the Holy Ghost said, I'll even tame that and take control of that tongue. And I'm going to speak a language through you that you never learned. It's a language that glorifies God. It's the language of heaven. And it requires faith. It requires faith. I'm going to talk about this here in just a couple of minutes. But... You know, we have a whole team. My wife and five or six ladies are up, are are in Greece uh, today. And uh, Billy Cole even said of Greece, he said it is the hardest field uh, that he knew of, uh, the hardest mission field that he knew of. There's not many people that are saved because uh, Greek mythology has so canceled out uh, the real movement of the Holy Ghost, of the Spirit of God. And then just the whole persona of, of the Greek personality is to be very knowledgeable, highly educated. Um, they argue over everything. I mean, the first time that I went to Greece, I've been there once. And the first time that I went to Greece, it's the only time I've been there. My wife's been three. I just like it to sound like I've been a lot. Um, see, we went together. She's been invited back twice. I haven't been invited back yet. Yeah, go figure. And so I go there. I'm thinking people are about to fight. Like it would not be totally, in the United States, would not be acceptable. I mean, people are up in one another's face and they're talking and they're giving opinions and they're talking and they're, they're yelling and they're bowing up at one another. And they're, and I'm like, holy cow. And it was just the Greek personality. The missionary's like, ah, oh, don't worry about that, that's nothing. And I'm like, what? He's like, oh, don't worry about it. So we go in a restaurant and we're eating and and... Uh, the the waiter came out or the owner or whatever and he saw we were Americans and so they wanted to overcharge us. And the missionary said, no, you're not going to overcharge them. And the next thing I know, it was the missionary and the Greek restaurant owner. <laughs> For real, they were, I mean, they were going at one another. I'm like, hey, 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 I got it, I got it, don't worry. Whatever he wants, I got it. Let's just let's settle this down. He's like, don't worry about it. Yes, sir. The issue is is that there's not a lot of faith in their culture. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. You'll never be healed without faith. You're not going to please God without faith. You're never going to receive the Holy Ghost without faith. So it requires faith. You've got to believe. When the Lord told them, go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be filled with power from on high, it took faith to go to a place and say, I don't know what I'm waiting on. Nobody's ever received this power from on high before. So since it's never happened to anybody else, it's probably not going to happen to me. But they had faith. And faith pushed them to go beyond reason and say, I'm going to step into this place and I'm going to follow what the Lord said because they knew that he had never led them astray. And so when they gather there, Peter stands up and begins to preach to them and tells them when they said, men and brethren, what must we do? Peter said, you've got to repent. Everybody say repent. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. You must repent. Repenting means to turn around, to turn away from your old life, to turn away from sin. And then the scripture said to be baptized. You must repent and be baptized. Every one of you, that's not just for a few That's not just for some who feels like baptism may be needed. Baptism is for everyone. And it is very clear in the 38th verse of Acts chapter 2. For the remission of sins. That word remission, if you're speaking of cancer. Cancer put into remission means it has been stopped. In a true biblical sense, the word remission of sins means that the effects of sin has been stopped in your life. When you go down in water baptism in the name of Jesus, your sins are washed away not by the water, but by the blood of Jesus. Because of an act of faith, of obedience, of being baptized. Why baptism? I have no idea. There again, maybe some folks, I've baptized some folks, they needed it twice. You know what I mean? When you go down in water, baptism, it is not for the cleansing of the flesh. It is for a spiritual work by faith. In obedience to The scripture of being baptized in the name, the only name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture is very emphatic. It's very clear. To be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Whatever, however you want. There's many different terms the scripture uses for this same promise. That verse 39 said, for that promise is to you and to your children and to all that are afar. I wish some folks in the room this morning that has received this would act like you've received it and would testify this morning that I've been there. I've repented of my sins. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. It's happening all over The world, you heard the reports from our group that just returned from the Philippines a few days a few weeks ago. 130 some odd people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let me give you a little bit of an update and a report from Greece because Pentecost is still happening around the world. My wife contacted me yesterday morning. She was beside herself. Some of you may remember two or three Uh, Services ago, we had special prayer for them, and I made a statement. I said, If one or two Greeks receive the Holy Ghost, it is a major thing. It is a major breakthrough. You have to understand the culture. Greece is not revival central, that's not where massive revival is happening. You go to Ethiopia and see tens of thousands of people come to the Lord. You go to the Philippines and see thousands of people. You go to Central and South America and see massive revival. But you're not seeing that across the board in Greece. If one or two come to the Lord, it is a massive breakthrough. My wife called me yesterday morning and she was beside herself. And she said today, two receive the Holy Ghost and both of them were Greeks. oh that's just a small thing that doesn't compare you have to understand this is no small thing I just mentioned Billy Cole said that Greece is one of the hardest countries to see revival because of the lack of their faith but I come this morning to tell you that greater things the Lord did today they're five hours ahead of us so I started receiving a communication from them about seven o'clock this morning they went into the service this morning and they were about five minutes ahead into the service and a lady began to weep they took her and baptized her in Jesus name and God filled her with the Holy Ghost But the time they were done today listen Brother Strickland has been here multiple times and preached in this pulpit. Missionary Strickland has spent an entire lifetime in Greece. Brother Moreno is there now. Brother, Greece, uh, Brother uh, Strickland told me that in Greece that uh, they went at one particular time, I believe they went for a space of three years when they did not see one conversion. They did not see one person baptized. They did not see one person receive the Holy Ghost for a space of three years. The Foreign Missions Division of the United Pentecostal church was breathing down their throat. What's going on? Are you doing your work? Are you doing what you're supposed to do? He said then when you have one or two, if we can just have a year with one or two or sometimes four or five, it is a massive year for us. This is a wonderful thing. This morning in the service after yesterday, God filled two Greeks with the Holy Ghost. Today, God filled nine with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in their service, I was on the phone with one of my minister friends. He said, "Brother Jordan, that may as well been nine hundred. That is a massive breakthrough." Christian Life Church, this is no time for us to step back. This is no time for us to hide from our experience, but it is time to step forward. This is Pentecost Sunday. It's no different from any other Sundays other than a day that we recognize, and today we're just saying, hey, we're celebrating it today because God can do it any day of the week. He can do it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, but today is Pentecost Sunday. It would be a good day for somebody who's never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Holy Ghost to be filled today by the power of the Almighty God. I went to bed early last night. I was doing some study from the bedroom and as I was attempting to rest my phone began to go off and I picked up my phone with someone who I haven't heard from For a while, I can't give you details. Please don't expect that from me. But it was a very high-level leader in our community that began to reach out to me last night. From about 10.30 until about 11 o'clock, we went back and forth with communication. At about 11 o'clock, he finally said, I'm going to call you. He called me at 11 o'clock. We spoke on the phone until about 1130, pouring his heart out to me. All I can share with you right now, CLC, is I'm telling you that God is doing marvelous things in the church. And God is doing marvelous things in our city and in this region. While I'm not at liberty to share the details with you and the news uh, of everything that God is doing, I am just going to give you a little insight this morning to tell you that what God is doing in Frankfurt is spreading from Frankfurt to the entire region. It's spreading to the state house. The governor is aware. And it's headed to the White House where the vice president, former Governor Pence, has been made aware of what God is doing in the city of Frankfurt. A man of God told me this morning, Get ready, Brother Jordan. God is about to pour out a massive revival in your church. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a book of Acts. Acts chapter 2 kind of revival if we are living in the last days and I believe we are I want to tell you what happened when 120 were filled with the Holy Ghost the next day 3,000 were filled with the Holy Ghost with what God has been doing at Christian Life Church I got a feeling that in the very near future that it's just a token of what God is going to do I know that we started building a building we had to stop we had to expand and we had to build larger because our vision was too small and I believe that what God is going to do, the building we're building on 28th is not big enough to house what God is wanting to do because the revival is bigger than a building I wish some folks would believe it this morning because it would change your life. It would change your neighborhood. It would change the issues. I talked to somebody this morning who was a little down and I could sense it. He said, I've had several funerals. He said, our community is being hit with drug overdoses but not young people, but middle age and adults. He said, it is rampant among among our area. The church is the only hope for this region. And we've got to take what God is doing in the church and we got to get it out into the streets. Come on, get ready, CLC. I know we have a building, but we're going to start having some services outside. We're going to go to the city park. We're going to go to the city streets. We're going to take it uptown. We're going to take it downtown. We're going to take it to the neighborhoods. We're going to let people know there is hope in the middle of a hopeless world. We can talk about it, brag about it, talk about this Holy Ghost experience we have. But why don't everybody stand with me? I'm done. We can talk about this Holy Ghost experience. But until we take what we have and we share it with somebody who doesn't have it and they experience it, See, I kind of feel like David this morning. I want to ask somebody that's never, never experienced the Holy Ghost today. I I, I just want to say, oh, taste and see that the Lord, He is good. If you've never experienced it today, it's for you. And it's for your children. And it's for all that are afar off. I know it's Pentecost Sunday. This is just the last time I want to mention it being Pentecost Sunday today. This is just a time we're reflecting. But every day ought to be Pentecost Sunday. Because Pentecost is not a feast day. But it is a day of change when the Holy Ghost can be poured out in somebody's life. You know what's going to change our city? You know what's going to change our neighborhood? It's when people get a revelation of what God can do in their life. I received two different calls this week asking specifically for prayer over the condition and the climate in the arena of the drug world of this area. The only hope is that the church becomes a beacon of light. At 11.30 last night on a phone call A man said, Christian Life Church is a beacon of hope. He doesn't know anything about, he doesn't know a lot about our church. He said, it is a beacon of hope not only to the city of Frankfurt and to Clinton County, but to to the entire region round about us. I'm telling you, CLC, we've got to make a difference in the world. We've got to take this wonderful Pentecostal experience outside. It's got to do more than just make cold chills run up and down your spine. It's got to do more than just make you want to talk in other tongues. It's got to cause you to want to reach out and find somebody that is lost and on their way to hell and turn their life around by the message of Jesus Christ. I've been off my notes for the last 10 minutes. I'll close I just want to say this to you this morning. If you're in the room and you have never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want to tell you that promise is yours this morning. If you're here today and you have never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, many people are baptized, but they're baptized in an unbiblical manner. They're baptized in a manner you'll never find in the scripture. But if you've never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, We have robes, we have towels, we have water. I think it's probably even warm and ready. We've got people that would be glad to serve you this morning. We would be glad to baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, CLC, that's your opportunity to respond right there. We've got altar workers that would be glad to pray with you. And God would be happy to fill you with a baptism. Of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody ought to respond to that this morning. I'm going to open these altars today, and here's what we're going to do we're all going to repent. And we're all going to pray together. I'm opening the altars today. If, you, if you've never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you ought to be the first one out on your way up here because this is a promise that's yours today. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. It is a promise that God has for you. It will change your life, change your home, and change your family. Why don't you join these that are gathering this morning. Come on all the way from the back to the front. Let's gather in around the front of this room this morning. We're going to repent together. We're going to give you an opportunity. If you've never been baptized today, all you've got to do is notify somebody that you want to be baptized. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want you to notify one of these altar workers here this morning. They'll be glad to pray with you. God will fill you with the baptism of His Spirit. Your life will be changed. Pentecost will be different in your life than it has ever been before. It no longer will just be. Maybe you showed up on Sunday morning to say, hey, I showed up to church today. But you can leave differently than the way that you came. Yes, come on now, throw your hands in the air right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray from the front to the back right now that you give us courage and wisdom. Give us boldness right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to take a step of faith. God, you know our hearts. You see our hearts. You know who we are. God, you know everything about us. I pray right now, God, that you would turn our, our lives around, make changes in our heart this morning, oh God. I pray today, Lord, over every person here. Come on, church, pray with me now. If you've never repented of yourself for yourself, I'm just going to pray. And we're going to all repent together. God, you see my life. God, I'm lost. I'm undone without you. I'm a sinner. I need your help. I need your grace. I need your mercy. God, I'm praying right now, God, that you would forgive me. Change my life. Turn my life around. Oh, God, for you and only you can can forgive sin, God. Your blood can wash my sin. You can cleanse me. Make me new again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I receive forgiveness. Come on, pray to the Lord right now. I receive forgiveness. I accept it in the name of the Lord. It is by faith, oh God, that I come believing that you're going to do that for me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on somebody, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Let me me explain to you what the Lord has done. When you repented just now, if this was the first time that you've repented, when you repented, God forgave you for the scripture said that he is faithful and just to forgive sin. Doesn't matter how bad you've been, what you've done, how far you've gone, you can't get too far that grace cannot reach you. And so by his grace and by his mercy he has forgiven you today. And when you were, when you repent of your sins, here's what the scripture said that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner sinner that comes to repentance do you know heaven is rejoicing today come on church you ought to rejoice lift your hands all over the building right now and just cry out to the Lord and thank him he's a God that forgives he's a God that forgives I want you now just to begin to seek the Lord. I want God to speak to your heart right now. I'm asking everybody in the room. Eyes are closed. Nobody's moving right now. And I'm just going to ask you now all over the room, would you just begin to just talk to the Lord for a minute and let Him speak to your heart. Maybe He wants to speak to your heart. Would you consider today, if you've never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we, we would love to do so today. On this special Sunday, we would love to baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ what? maybe somebody's standing by you why don't you just ask your neighbor have you been baptized in Jesus name would you like to today I'll be glad to walk with you to the front if that's you today just step out from where you are just step from where you are if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus name today this is your opportunity this is a good opportunity in the name of Jesus just you and the Lord right now would you just talk to the Lord let him speak to your heart Let him speak to your heart right now. Come on, hands lifted high. Hands lifted high toward heaven. Let God speak to your heart. Would you consider it now? Would you consider being baptized? I'm not going to force you. I'm just inviting you today. This is your opportunity. I want to make it as easy as possible. The church wants to rejoice with you today. I surrender all to you.
1: Everything I give to you, Lord, oh, me, Lord, just me, I surrender all to you. Yes, I do, Lord. Come
0: on, hands lifted high toward heaven. Let this song be your prayer. Let it come from your innermost being today.